Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Hi, B. Hi, Sista. How are you? Oh, I'm just dandy. I'm sitting on the floor of my basement closet, hoping that I sound clear. <laughs> I know, you do. I was so excited about today's topic, Briss, because I feel like you are probably one of the biggest risk takers in my life. Um, I've known you for seven years, eight. How, how long have we been? Wow, that's so generous. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like the biggest risk taker, but I... I'll just throw it out there that I recently read the Magnolia magazine that was on risk and I read through the beautiful pages and I don't, I never feel this way about topics, but I read that and I was like, I feel pretty comfortable with risk. I don't feel that way about everything at all. But with that, I'm like, okay, I can take risks. Like I feel good about that. You you are, you're so good at it. Um, well, let me just introduce Bridget, you guys. We all know her from the podcast. Of course we're co-hosts, but you don't know about her. Um, Bridget has worked on countless shows and movies, Elementary, Masterminds, Kong, just to name a few. She studied documentary filmmaking at NYU. We met around that time. And she's lived and supported her Navy husband in three different cities now. And now she's a mom of two sweet babies, Colby and Grace, my goddaughter, and currently runs a social media account for the Arlington Diocese as the director of digital and social media. So that's Bridget. Uh, and I'm a expert diaper changer. Just kidding. <laughs> and that's your main, that's your main duty. Exactly. These days. Um, no, but seriously, I want to talk about this because um, everything I just listed there, you've had to take big risks. Um, when I first met you, we were in Orlando, Florida, and you took a risk to come to seek 2013, 15, I don't know what year it was, um, and bring your boyfriend at the time with you. You were strong in your faith and you were hoping he felt the same. That is a risk in and of itself. Your um, confidence in faith. You're, you're spot on there because I think like when people think about risks, they're like, oh my gosh, like I'm not the type that takes big risks, um, you know, in the business world or, you know, on, in bigger scales, but I think a risk can even be in a relationship. So I totally think you're right with that. I mean, that in and of itself was a risk, um, to start dating this person and be serious about them. Um, we went to high school together, but we, we were not close in high school at all. Um, and then I had already found that retreat, which is just crazy. The story of how we met at that retreat still blows my mind because out of like, whatever, 15,000, 10,000, lots of people were there in a nutshell. <laughs> and of all of the, of all the rows, we just literally ended up in the same row. And Johnny took a risk too, to be there. I have to shout him out because we had just started dating and here I am, this crazy retreat girl saying, I'm going to fly from New York City to go to this like massive retreat in Orlando. And two days later, he booked a flight to do the same thing. And I, I would say that we can change all of our lives in different ways, you know? And so I think it's cool too, to think like risk takers also attract other risk takers. So I think in a sense, you're a risk taker too. And it's almost like, I, it's not that I don't need, like, 
I, I have many friends who, who I wouldn't really categorize them as like massive risk takers, but I think it's really encouraging to like put yourself surrounded by other people who are unafraid to take risks because it inspires you to do the same thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, that's a great risk to start with. That's, yeah. And it's just like 15 other ones just flooded through my mind that we haven't even discussed. I mean, when I met you, first of all, Bridget's pretty humble, but when I met her, I, I had to get this out of her. She, I find this photo on her phone of James Franco. And I just remembered what a risk that was. They told their class to pick um, a teacher at NYU to be in their film and leave it to Bridget O'Boyle, Burke at the time, to reach out to a famous person that we all know and might secretly love, James Franco. <laughs> Do you remember that? This is so funny because I was like, I'm not going to bring this up. But I was actually going to bring up like risks that you should not take and, like, because like, I think you have to have a level of prudence when you're a risk taker because like a vice that you can have if you are a natural risk taker is impulsivity. I think like you can be so on a high of, of, you know, chasing these risks and these goals that sometimes you can, if you don't put yourself in check, you could actually like kind of take the wrong risk. So with the James Franco thing, I think it was a great risk, you know, emailing him at 2 a.m. from my dorm and asking to be my advisor for this independent study because he emailed me back the next day and was like, yes, meet me in my office. Let's discuss your documentary film. I had no documentary film. Like I literally emailed him on the fly. So then I just show up the next day and he's like, all right, so like, where's your paperwork? What's your plan? And I was just like, I just think I'm going to go to a soup kitchen. I want to take a videos of like friends I've made at this soup kitchen. And he was just like, Oh, okay. Well, I'll just put you in touch with my production team and they'll help you. And it was just like a wild thing, but risk can also lead to impulsive risk that you are not meant to take by any means. Um, that opportunity with him ended in, um, like, I'll just be totally transparent. Um, He was very, like, he was a great mentor. He gave me a lot of things I needed, but there was a point in time where, like, he started sending text messages that were just not professional. They weren't, it wasn't anything, like, terrible, but it was like, hey, do you want to come over to my house? And it was, like, 11 p.m. at night. And at first, there's, like, the rush of, like, oh, my gosh, James Franco wants me to come to his house right now. Like, I remember telling my roommates in college at the time and like half of them well my best guy friend um in college he was the voice of reason and he was like do not go there this could literally ruin your career he's given so much and like actually through meeting james i met his um cinematographer his dp Christina Voros, who ended up being like a mentor and someone that I looked up to so much in the industry. She's a like a gorgeous woman, but also just this badass behind the camera. She's done a lot of movies for James. And right when my friend said that, I realized if I do that just to say like, oh, I went over to his house and you know, who knows what would have happened? God knows. But mm-hmm. I would have totally messed up that relationship. And she ended up calling me back to intern for her long after I had worked for James. Like, and so I ended up 
helping her with, with films that she was submitting to Sundance and stuff like that. And that was just experience that I don't know if that would have happened if he had been like, oh yeah, that chick from NYU came over to, you know what I mean? Like, I think she probably would have been like, that girl's not serious about, she's not serious about film. She was just trying to, you know, but anyways, people joke about that with me all the time. They're like, why didn't you go? But I just, that's a risk I'm not willing to take. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of you for that. There's something in you that was able to discern which, which was good. I I had just started dating Johnny and like, it sounds weird. Cause you're like, Oh, here's this celebrity. And then here's this like guy who's like, not really, he's not really anything like he's, mm-hmm. but I was crazy about him. And something in me was like, I don't care that there's this guy asking me to come over because mm-hmm. I know there's something here. And that was another part of the risk that I wasn't willing to take. I was not mm-hmm. willing to have to tell him something and then him be like, you know what? I'm not looking for a girl like that. So see you later. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy too, just thinking about how we even met because it is such a testament to if you don't take risks, certain things, certain blessings don't come your way. I had a lot of family members tell me not even to move to New York. I don't know if this happened to you when you wanted to move to New York, but I literally had my dad like was like, do not do that. You'll be in debt for the rest of your life. You'll regret this decision. And it was right after I got into like the school of my dreams. And you oh. know, I remember other people calling me like in the industry even and being like, you know, that's such a waste of money. That's the most expensive school in the country. Like, why would you do that? Just stay at the small, you know, mountain school that you're at. And, you know, you can just find a way to make it a different way. But this was just like my dream. And so I was like, I'm going to go for this because like something isn't usually on your heart that strongly if you're not meant to take that risk. And I really felt Mm -hmm. like God wanted me to go to New York. Um, I had zero fear Mm -hmm. with such clarity. There was nothing fearful in the decision. It was just very clear that I I was meant to go there. And, um, but then like beautiful things happened through that move. Lots of opportunities. I loved living in New York. I met you from, you know, becoming a part of the group. Um, And, you know, I think I also reconnected with, Johnny, who I'm now married to, because he was at a school very close by. And, and, you know, that's how we reconnected. So a lot of things align when you take the risk is kind of what I'm trying to say. I just said that in a very long way, but that's what no, I completely agree with that. And that's such a good point you made be about having to have, find the prudence in it too, especially if you're a natural risk taker, which you are, because you have a confidence about you with fear and, um, risk. I mean, they can go hand in hand. I mean, there has to be a little fear, even like when you're on a stage or when you're making a movie, you have to have a little nerve, right? Because otherwise it won't be your full, like awesome self on your nerves. It's good to be a little nervous. And I feel like every time we've discussed like a big decision you're about to make. Yeah. I think just really like you have to be you have to discern every decision, even a risk um, in your life. And you also have to take it to prayer. It's not just you. It's not just about what do I want? What is going to be good for my life? It actually should be a joint decision between you and God, whatever it is. So I think if you take every decision in your life um, as like, this is not just me, this is God with NYU, with leaving the South and moving up North completely by myself, I didn't know a single soul. I didn't have any money. 
I, my family was broke at the time. Like, like someone like me should never have ended up there. I even remember my senior year, I ran out of loans. I didn't have anyone else to sign a loan for me. So like, forget money. Like I couldn't even get a loan my senior year. And they told me that I was going to have to drop out. Talk about, like, I think God gives us moments where we are meant to take a risk and it's scary and it's embarrassing sometimes, or you're putting yourself on the line. But I literally went to my counselor and I was like shaking. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm about to say to this woman. I barely know her. I've literally talked to her twice my entire time being here. But I just opened up to her like as if she was my friend. And I just sat there and I said, look, I, I'm literally, I'm going to have to drop out if, if I can't figure something out. Is there anything possible that that could help me stay here? And I told her my whole life story, literally told her what family I came from, told her how NYU has been my dream since I was little. And she goes, you know what? We have this unique program where we have a set of donors where if you're willing to write that story down that you just told me, we have a list of donors that will be willing to sponsor you. And basically all you do at the end of the year is go to lunch with them as if that would be hard. You go to lunch with them and thank them. (laughs) helping you graduate. And I was oh. sign me up. <laughs> and I, it was the sweetest lunch. I had lunch with this man. He was an alumni. He ended up being very successful and he joined the list of donors because he wants his kids to go to NYU someday, but he wants to stay connected with the school and to talk to students and to you know, ask them questions and see how they experienced it. And, and by the time their his kids are old enough, he wants to send them there if, if all the stories have kind of inspired him enough to think it would be a good place for them. So it was just a beautiful example of sometimes you think your luck has run out, but if you just take that, that one last risk, that your answer could be there. Wow. And I wasn't even going to ask this. This just came to me, but I just, you just pointed out how your risk taking in trust and in faith and taking that leap can ultimately not only help you, but everybody around you, because had you not taken that risk and that uncomfortable conversation um, with your counselor, who knew if you could help this man with his kids and meet me and help me, which you have in more ways than I can even get into. And then all the people you've met, like you're affecting everyone around you when you make those decisions. I mean, it's crazy to think the course of our life can affect other people. It can affect our kids. Like as a mom, I am so passionate about this. I really think every mother on the planet, I don't care if you stay at home or you go to work, you have to have something for you. And the reason why is because your kids are watching the risks that you take and they are seeing, does mom believe in herself enough to take that risk? because they're smart. They know how talented mom and dad are. They know, they see the gifts in their own parents and and they're going to grow up one day and say, are they using those gifts or are they, you know, burying the talents? And so to me, what I always say to myself when days are hard, because they are hard juggling parenting and working, but if it's something that you know that you're good at and that you're chasing specific dreams that you know God has given you, that is going to bless your kids one day because they're going to be so proud of you when they say, you know, 
mom does this or my dad does this. It's not about what they do. It's about they know that it's who you are and they, and that inspires them to be who they are. And, um, and so that's kind of what I try to think about because, um, sometimes, especially when things aren't going well, or they're not exactly how you want them to be yet. Like it's not the ultimate dream, but you're getting closer to the ultimate dream. You can have hard days and want to just say like, I'm just going to give up. Like, this is too hard. This is not where I want to be yet. Um, but I just, in my experience, the longer you wait until it's almost the moment you want to give up is when it happens. Like that's how it happened for me. That is so true. Amen. I love that. Um, well, and with risk and the fear, they go hand in hand. I'm curious, B, what is one of your biggest fears and how do you navigate that being the risk taker that you are and, um, having the confidence and, in still going out on a limb sometimes, or is, is there fear there? Like, how do you, how do you navigate that? I think, and it sounds like super dramatic, but dying someday and not using my talents to the fullest. And that's why I try to live a full life. It's not to overburden myself or overburden my family or have a million things going on. It's just because life is precious. Every day that we have on this earth is precious. And I, I'm sure a lot of us have thought about that with COVID. We are not promised tomorrow, you know? And so whatever it is that's on our hearts that we know, sometimes it takes 30 years. Like I'm 30 in September and I truly believe it has taken me this long to be very clear, to have finally found clarity with what I want to do. It's not vague anymore to me. I really want to tell stories and I want to tell stories on digital platforms. And that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And it doesn't have to be in Hollywood. It just needs to be real stories about real people. That's all, that's all I care about is just telling real stories about real people. Um, someday if it ends up back in Hollywood, that would be great. But, you know, God also sometimes puts pause on things and it doesn't mean that it's a no, it just means it's not right now Mm -hmm. But for us to turn off our risk factor and to Mm -hmm. not even take those small risks every so often, then we're going to get rusty with our ability to believe in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've noticed too, is with Mm -hmm. myself, it's like, it's a waterfall effect. You take a small risk here. Like when I, when I took the job that I have now, my position looked very different. It was um, not for better or for worse. It just wasn't, it wasn't going as effective as it could have. The channels weren't going very well. You know, it, it, it's hard to explain, but there was just no aesthetic to anything. And so coming in, I was like, I really want to, I don't want to be a disruptor, but I just know that this isn't working and I think there's a better way. And Mm -hmm. so I started to say no to people. Like people would send me things that I knew were not the quality that we should be putting out. And so I would send it back or I just wouldn't post it. And slowly Mm -hmm. but surely we, we developed, um, we doubled our following. We tripled our engagement in under a year. And, um, but that was hard. Like things that are worth it are hard because people are not always going to like what you say, or it could be people Mm -hmm. in your family. Even it could be Mm -hmm. people that really 
care for you and love for you, but you gotta, you gotta turn it off almost. And I've learned to just get blinders sort of and say, it's really me and God and my husband. And as long as those two are okay with it, that's all that matters. So it could be anything. It could be like, I'm going to take the risk of moving across the country like you and Colin did. That is a huge risk. But even from social media, from what I've seen, you guys have already developed beautiful community there. I can't wait to hear about it because it just looks so fun. All of these beautiful couples that you guys have gotten to know and Colin has an incredible job and you, you're out in like the place that's perfect for everything you want to pursue. I mean, when you take those sort of risks, I just think that like the blessings start to waterfall out, but it is scary. So maybe, I mean, I'm sure it was scary. You guys, a thousand percent. that was a risk. You guys literally jumped in the car and went and look at this like beautiful new adventure that you guys now are on. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this before we talked about, um, risk-taking and fear and how it looks different on everybody and how I think you and I talked about this be where it's like um I can handle the big things but the small things are hard or like everybody has their different levels of like fear and risk and stuff for me yeah so for me I've I've never been afraid of like the big neither have you big changes like moving to New York fresh at 18 you know you too um for school and living in 2000 different places. Um, you name it, but like, so like moving across the country, um, I can almost turn it off like the nerves and the fear. Cause I know in the end that's for the plan, the greater plan that I can't see because anytime I try to control, it's really just, it's no good when I put my hands in it. And I, but I do struggle because I, even like we're buying a new car right now and you know, we've talked about this. We have our dream cars and I, we're always forward thinking, um, in that way, thinking we're 20 years ahead and have all the money. <laughs> we're like Dave Ramsey, stop talking to us right now. We have some dreams to deal with. <laughs> stop, stop sending the books to my husband. Yes. Specifically our husbands. I don't know why they were married to Dave Ramsey before they met us. But so I'll do this thing, Bea, my mom used to say I did this too. I'll just tune out and turn off. And you know this about me too, because you know me well and we've lived together and yeah, but I'll just, I can't, I can't deal. So I'll just shut down and I just will avoid, avoid, avoid. And those usually happen with silly, stupid decisions like a car. So I just did that this week and looks like we're getting a minivan regardless, but I didn't do any of the work. I didn't. It's official. <laughs> It's in the driveway. I can't wait to show you. So, but to your point, like, yeah, I mean, I, I too am risk taking, but I, I, I mean, I've learned a lot of it from you too. Like when we moved, when you got me to literally uproot my life. <laughs> oh, North, that is a risk we should talk about. <laughs> talk about not knowing anything about that side of the industry. Bridge tells me to buy a $400 plane ticket and not one back. And I moved to Asheville with no job. And she, the way Bridget carries herself and just like makes it no thing. Like it ain't no thing. Um, yeah, just too. We were just a perfect duo because I knew you'd be down for it. And I knew that if I could just fly you out there and you get the interview with Zach Galifianakis, that you would crush it indoors. But I'm like, I just got to convince her to come live in this crappy hotel to do this movie with me. And then once she's here, we're golden. So 
But I wouldn't have the confidence had I not met you or know you at all. I don't have friends like that. I love all my friends, but you have a very special gift. And, and I think it's good to surround yourselves with people like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, fear and risk is crazy, but it all, I think the same thing about you because I have to say, and I really do like, I love surrounding myself with people that I see, even if they do something that isn't my thing. Like I remember seeing like when we lived in LA together and you did groundlings, like Mm -hmm. what a risk that was that I can't even fathom. Like I cannot imagine (laughs) doing like improv with this competitive team where you have to get up there and do that in front of all these people. Lots of them are very connected in the, in the industry. And it, it was just so cool to me to see you do that every week. Um, and, and it's, it really is contagious to see someone else take a risk in their life. And it makes you, Mm -hmm. um, it makes you really think like, okay, I'm seeing her do that. I could do something like that. It's not going to look the same, Mm -hmm. but it could, it will still give me the fire. Like you said, like the blue flame book that I still need to read, like the blue flame in your life. Like, what is that? Um, I've heard that term before. So I think the essence is just like what lights you up. Right. And it's so true. And being around those people and in relationship, like let's end on that. Well, not end on that, but like, let's talk about that before we finish. I think relationships, that has to be the biggest risk because you said it so well, like all truly that matters is your relationship with God and obviously your husband, because that's your number one vocation. Right. So, uh, right but also you have so many loved ones in your life. I do too. People you truly care about and want the best for, will the best for. And we, those hard conversations be like, how do you do that? Because they can go one way or the other, right? Like, and that's a risk. It's funny that you said a couple minutes ago about like, sometimes if you're good at the big risks, you're not good at the little risks. And like, I don't know where you read that, but that's so true because that's true for me. Like, I could do something much bigger and scarier, but like having a conversation with a close friend about something going on in her life that maybe I think, you know, isn't blessing her life that cripples me almost no joke, like cripples me. And I see friends who are like so incredible with that gift where they just like not, it rolls off the tongue. Like they're just like, maybe you should try this or maybe you should just stop sleeping around. And like, they just, and it's like, it just comes out just naturally, but here I'm such an overthinker. And all I ever worry about is I don't want to lose this person. So I don't want to upset them. But like, that is something that I actually really want to work on because if we Mm -hmm. love people, like we should feel like we can tell them, but that's such a risk. It's a risk whether it's the person you're married to and you're having a hard conversation or it's a best friend or an acquaintance, mm-hmm. like that is a scary risk being honest. percent. And, but you can only hope that even if it hurts in the moment or if you say the thing that you did it in the best way, which you did because you pray about it and you hope, you know, if you're coming about it the right way that in years time or months later, that's all you can do. And God will take care of the rest, which that is a dying to self be because then you really can't be, um, it's a detachment. It's like, I'm not going to let this affect me because that's how much I love you. So I'm going to put this out and let go over. 
It's just, it's such a juxtaposition because I feel like of all the risks in my life, I need to work on that. Like I need to work on being more authentic in all things, not even just big conversations, but sometimes people will just tell me like, Hey, what's your opinion on this? But like, I'm too embarrassed to tell them like, Oh, I don't really like that. You know? So it's like, (laughs) how do you just be authentically you and not, I think our generation totally suffers from that. I don't know if we're just Mm -hmm. We're so hyper worried about offending the other person because we've become such a like, what's the word? Like our culture is now that like, you just don't, don't share how you feel about certain hot button topics. But to me, it's Mm -hmm. like, if you share it in love, like that person, Mm -hmm. they're not going to go anywhere. They're going to know that you, all you mean to do is like have the best um, of intentions for them. So yeah, there's big risk and, but it's all risk. It's all risk. And the last thing you touched on it is, um, as you get older, you said like you're, you're going to have your big 30th in September 28th and that's coming up and which is crazy, but you've said like, now you have this clarity with at least what you want. And I think everybody longs for that in, in the, their true, truest form, right? That's what they want. And so I think you just pointed out without saying, if you're authentically searching um, and seeking that out all the time, the truth and the risk and, um, kind of leaping into it, all areas of your life will pan out. So even like those little risks or like the hard conversations, it's all working for the greater good of you. I think when you become a whole person, once you've found what really lights you up, what God like put you on this earth to do, you become a more whole person, which makes you way more confident in conversation, in relationships. You feel more honest and able to be yourself. And I've, I've seen that I'm still a work in progress, but I have noticed like parenting, even motherhood has made me more confident. Like, I don't know if you feel that way, but like things that you, like, it's a new, it's this new, um, I guess like it's, it's this uncharted territory. We've never done this before, but then you have a moment where right. you potty train them the right way. And you're like, how did I do that? Like Colby, we have a little baby potty and he literally goes and runs and does his business. And then he brings his little potty to the big potty and dumps it out himself. And Johnny and I just look at each other like, how did we teach him to do that? Like, we don't even know how it happened. We just keep looking at each other like, how, how? It's, it's so funny how like these little things also feel like major. The big things. Yeah. Oh, the but little things are things. You're so mm-hmm. right. It's all connected. And you really just, it's all about finding the balance. Um, but I found this quote in, in Magnolia magazine. Um, and she has all these amazing quotes about taking risks. And one of them is you could be in danger of reaching for something beautiful, something that might change everything. So step into the unknown. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I hope anyone- Wow listening who wants to take a risk or try something new or alter the course in their life, especially after COVID and all this stuff that's been going on, that's made all of us think through what's our priority in life. hundred percent. I just hope, I hope someone who needs to hear it, just know that taking the risk will uh, have so much like worth and bless your life um, on the other end. Amen, sister. That's so good. We could end there. Just drop the seeds. They've been planted and the fruit will come. I love it. Take the risk, yo. Take the risk. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Unraveled Podcast. Stay connected with us over on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast.